Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Great Scott Podcast. Today I'm joined by musician, actor, writer, producer, director, and uh, the son of legendary announcer Gary Owens. I'm happy to welcome Christopher Dane Owens. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Mike. So good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed the show. I've been listening to a bunch of the interviews, and you're doing a wonderful job. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I uh, unfortunately have not had the chance to see one of one of your movies yet but uh i i know that i definitely will uh here well we're doing we're we're doing the the first feature right now actually uh empire queen the golden age of magic and it's a funny story with that i did some fantasy music videos a number of years ago that continued to be popular and generate interest for me and i was approached by a hollywood agent uh back when the first one came out which is called shine on me and they said, have you ever thought about turning this into a fantasy feature film series? And at the time, I thought, well, that's impossible. I don't have the kind of resources that are required to do that. Well, but cut to years later and technology later, uh, the, the ability to do this with a wonderful team that I have uh, has come true. So we're in the process of making this movie. And if you have ever seen the two videos, Lightspeed and Shine on Me, you'll get the sense of it being a little bit we'll call it a little bit Lord of the Rings, a little bit Princess Bride, maybe a little bit Harry Potter. Well, that's the film we're making. And uh, we're about uh, 85% shot and edited presently. And we should be wrapping it up uh, in the next couple of months, at least in terms of production. Then we've got some visual effects to add and score to do and all that stuff. And I'm hoping for a, a later 2018 release on it. Well, I definitely cannot wait to see it. Uh, I, I love The Princess Bride, li like Harry Potter, so I think that this will be, be definitely a, a hit for you guys. Thank you, thank you. We're trying to make it fun, and it's magical. And again, it, it really relates to the music videos that I did. There's a true through line. Uh, in fact, before we even started making the movie, I went back to that footage and recut some uh, narrative backstory pieces, reusing some of that footage, which really gives it continuity between the film and the videos. Are you going to uh, have some of your own music in, in this movie? I don't think so. Other than maybe end title credits, I think we'll work with a orchestral composer. It's that kind of film. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, your music, um, you actually, I'm, I'm reading your bio here, and you got your first electric guitar when, when you were 13 years old. Yeah, I had such wonderful parents, and they were very supportive. And what happened was I, I went to a new school, and these guys were about to do a show uh, at school. And they said, look, we just lost our bass player. And I had long hair. I kind of looked like a rock and roll kid. And they said, would you like to uh, play bass in the band? And I said, I've never played bass before. And they said, well, it's easy. And the guitar player was very good and showed me the parts. And I wound up playing the gig in two weeks, never having played music ever uh, before and I was hooked from that point on and uh, and then was from bass guitar to electric guitar then turning into a singer um, and it's been a wonderful journey and I feel very blessed to have that in my life uh, music do you still uh, go around uh, playing shows at all uh, at different venues no my life has been very preoccupied with with work and with uh, the uh, with you know the music the music video uh, stuff and then course the making the movie uh, yeah. big time has really taken over okay so uh i do want to uh talk about your your company uh you have a company with a guy named jerry bitterman correct 
Uh, pronounced Biederman. Oh, yeah, oh, Biederman, Jerry and Biederman. I have been. Yep, we started our company back in 2000, and he's been a wonderful uh, partner to, for me to be working with. How is it that you guys first got a, um, um, acquainted with one another? Gosh, I've known Jerry for a long time. I met him through a mutual friend. Uh, actually, it was my um, vocal coach at the time. They were pals. And uh, I met Jerry at a show that I was uh, performing in. And we just really hit it off. He's such a sweet guy, very talented guy. And he's an eight-time published author. And we decided that, um, you know, rather than writing books, he would uh, start creating these television shows, which were reality shows. And uh, the, the rest is kind of history. We've had some, some good luck and uh, continue to do so. And, uh, you know, we just get together and crack each other up a lot of times with coming up with these ideas and have been lucky to uh, get, uh, you know, nearly 80 options in Hollywood, which is kind of special. Wow. I just want to read some of your, your bio here real quick for, for my audience. Sure. Uh, you have created more than 300 original concepts, at, as you had just mentioned, for reality series and have already sold 80 different formats to networks and production companies in Hollywood and abroad. Some of the buyers have included Steve Harvey, Buena Vista, Lionsgate, um, Dick Clark Productions, and many others. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's a, a one, it sounds once you when you consolidate it all, it sounds like, wow, you did that in a week. But, you know, it's years of pounding the pavement, coming up with ideas, pitching the concepts and uh, and then get, doing the paperwork on the on the option deals. And then knock on wood, you hope that it either a goes to pilot or to series and series is obviously the uh, the brass ring that you're always hoping for. I'm sure that uh, to go along with all all that you have created, I'm sure there's a lot that hasn't been been sold that buyers haven't. Wanted to yeah, and that's get. the neat thing too, Michael, is you kind of can dust off a show, a format, maybe give it a little revamp, a new title, maybe some new elements. Uh, and that's the great thing about intellectual property. It winds up having a very long life. Um, you feel like maybe we've got some uh, treasures, some hit songs, so to speak, in our, in our folders. It definitely sounds like it. I mean, that's, that's incredible. But uh, you, uh, so speaking of your... Um, your company. I love your first on-air success name. Who gets the dog? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was our Animal Planet series and a wonderful show. I, I'm a big dog lover and that format was really fun. What we did is we literally rescued a dog out of the pound uh, at shelter and found three households that are all looking for basically a brand new family pet. And so uh, we put the dog with the families uh, for about 24 hours and capture the footage. And then uh, judges review the footage and determine, you know, who's most suitable, who would be the best family. And at the end of the show, because you got to stay tuned, that one dog goes with that one family for the rest of its life. It now becomes their family pet. So it's oh, very wow. special, very full of heart and, uh, and a fun, fun show to watch because you, a lot of times – I always felt like two families were very suited. One you felt like perhaps not. Maybe it was a big dog and they had little kids and it wasn't the right fit for them. But generally speaking, any one of the families would have been a great fit. It sounds like a show that Betty White would love. She would have loved it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also um, um, Bob Barker as well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so um, so I do want to talk about your, your dad and uh, what – what was Gary Owens like as a father? Were there time or days rather that you uh, got to go uh, on set with him? Oh, sure. Yeah, my father was a wonderful person and a great dad, and and, and taught my brother and I so much about being um, 
we'll call it good people in Hollywood. You know, he, he was very kind, um, always took time to talk to people. And he was on such successful shows uh, and also had a very long career in radio. And of course, in voiceover work, not only cartoons, but network promos and so forth. Um, dad would always, you know, I would go to the radio show sometimes if you see interviewing Elton John or Ringo Starr, uh, or if it was, uh, you know, going to the Laugh-In set. I was very, very young, of course, but I still remember, you know, so, some of those Laugh-In moments where, you know, Artie Johnson would moon the camera. Um, <laughs> and for my, for my brother and I, that was about as funny as it got, you know, little kids. And then uh, I also remember you speak of Artie Johnson. He had that interesting uh, bit that, that he did, uh, peeking through the, the, the uh, plants. Yes, the, the Nazi soldier. Um, yeah, the Nazi soldier. He, yep. he was such a such a talented guy and so many different characters he came up with. And, you know, that show really was in a lot of ways a precursor to Saturday Night Live uh, in its the, the variety format, the fast pacing of it. And a lot of really talented people came from that show. Uh, not only were big, big stars at the time featured on it, you know, the Frank Sinatra's, even Richard Nixon came on it at the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but also it launched a lot of careers. Obviously, my father won, Lily Tomlin, of course, Goldie Hawn, of course. They were discovered. Joanne Worley. Jo jo Joanne Worley. Worley. She was a very fun lady, by the way. And um, I, I was thinking, uh, so anyways, yeah, so you, like you say, a, a lot of the uh, people, and then they also had that uh, joke wall that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, we have some of those uh, wooden joke wall pieces at, at my family house, uh, left over from the original set. It was just a great show uh, for for the time that it was in. Uh, I think that um, just the format was, and, and it was very, very well well written as well. It, it really was. The pacing was great. The style of it, you know, it was very subversive at the time. You know, it was a kind of a square time, we'll call it. And they got in all sorts of things. They got in, uh, you know, a lot of drug humor. They were, uh, you know, anti-Vietnam in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, they got a lot of political stuff across. Um, there was, it was a very liberal show in that regard. In, uh, and people really rallied behind it. They really responded to what it had to say. It was um, fresh and different. Was he? Uh, was your dad friends with uh, Rowan and Rowan and Martin throughout their life? He, he was. You know, my father was one of the few people that did every single episode of Laughing, and so worked with the guys for whatever that was—eight seasons, seven seasons—I forget. But um, you know, remained friend, especially with Dick Martin, who was a lovely, lovely man. D Dick Martin also uh, did a lot of um, um, game shows as well. Uh, I, I know that we were talking a little bit about game shows before we started this, but um, he was a regular on uh, um, Match Game. Yeah, no question. And also a director. He directed a lot of great uh, sitcom episodes, too. And a beautiful wife, too, Dolly. Yeah, yes. beautiful wife. So, uh, yeah, so uh, y your dad also uh, did the um, gong show. He, he, he was very, uh, into, very much into that. He was, yeah. He did the uh, original nighttime gong show um, and, you know, helped sell the series uh, as the show host. And th I think that was a fun thing for him to work on. Uh, silly. It was, a, it was both a straight man delivery that he did as a game show host, but also had the, had the uh, twinkle uh, because a lot of the talent was intentionally goofy. Um, I think he, he delighted in doing that show. Now, uh, I, so I was reading um, a little bit about that, and uh, they had suggested that um, your, your dad was uh, going to host the show before they gave it to, to Chuck Barris. Yeah, well, dad did host the show, 
And um, Chuck Paris was, of course, the owner and executive producer of the program. So I think it was after a season or two. He had been doing the daytime show, Chuck. Then he decided, I want to do the nighttime. And, you know, what can you do? Argue with the boss. But but it was good for Dad. <laughs> yeah, and he, he loved it. And it was national exposure. And, you know, he went on to do a bunch of other shows right after that. So uh, he always had that kind of career, my father, where the, the ball kept rolling for him, whether he worked on a thing for a long time or just a little bit. He was he always was busy, uh, which is really rare in Hollywood. Um, you know, he maintained a daily radio show uh, while he was doing Laugh-In. So every single day, he would go into the do his live show on KMPC, which he was at for 21 years. That was owned by Gene Autry. And then he would do Laugh-In, I think, two to three times a week. Um, and, and then do commercials. He worked with Walt Disney and uh, was constantly doing the Disney promos and, and the network promos. Like if you saw early Bewitched episodes, you know, it would be like Tonight on Bewitched or I Dream of Genie or, uh, you know, Wonderful World of Disney. He did all those promos. So he was so very busy. So you mentioned um, Disney. Uh, I was reading that your, your dad's star on the Walk of Fame is right next to Disney. It is. And I guess they had to get permission from the Disney estate. Uh, to pick the right person to be next to Disney, uh, which I thought was interesting. And, of course, with Dad working with them so much, that was a, a natural choice. In fact, my father did some of the rides. I think Epcot has a couple of rides that my father's the voice of. Oh, wow. And then uh, speaking of Disney, there's another announcer, Thurl Ravenscroft. Uh, he also does a lot of the, the voices for the characters oh. there, I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a magic about it for a lot of people. Oh, I know. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he's from Kansas City. Walt, Walt Disney's from Kansas City, my hometown. I know. That's great. Are you born there? Yes. Terrific. Yeah, so um, I'm sure there's a Walt Disney statue somewhere here in Kansas City. Just have, have oh, to find that. Oh, it would have to be, yeah. yeah. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you said that your dad was really great friends with um, legendary guy, really funny guy, Jonathan Winters. Yes. Dad and Jonathan were, I would call them best friends, truthfully. And Jonathan was just one of the, really the funniest person I've never, ever met in that, you know, you call the, the family house and you'd hear this weird person on the other line and go, who is this? And it would be Jonathan doing a character, you know, and never faltering from that character and going, I think I'm talking to Jonathan right now. Or, or is this, you know, <laughs> Mr. Guberstein, the plumber, who's asking something about our plumbing? Um, and, you know, he and dad would have weekly lunches and uh, dad would go out to his place in Montecito. And he also had a place in Toluca Lake. Um, it was uh, they were it was a very special friendship. They did a bunch of albums together. They did a bunch of TV shows together. And a lot of times dad would just be the straight man to Jonathan because everybody is the straight man to Jonathan Winters. Oh, yeah. because he's just so creative. Uh, so he could set up the gags and set up the characters and even interview Jonathan while in character. Um, and he was a very sweet man and always very kind to me. He did one of my early projects where I was doing a student film and he, he starred in it for me, which uh, I thought was so, so great. I love Jonathan and in just the classic film, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Love Isn't that great? film. Yeah, he did great in that film. Uh, that had pretty much everybody in it. It sure did, yeah. Uh, but uh, do you have a story that you can share, uh, a Jonathan Winters uh, story? You know, it's funny. The Jonathan Winters stories, that one of the problems with Jonathan is his brilliance was so spontaneous. He wasn't a one-liner guy. I, one time, Jerry and I, my TV partner and I, and Jerry's actually executive producer of the Empire Queen film, 
uh, along with Kiki Coral. And well, I'll go through. I want to say hi to all my my peeps on the movie in a second. But uh, sure. Jerry and I were going to lunch. We were in Montecito with Dad and Jonathan. We were just driving down the street, and Jonathan was like narrating our drive. And I don't know if this will sound funny, but I, I think I peed my pants, and I know Jerry did. And, and it was just the spontaneous, like there's a guy on the side of the road just getting his mail and he invented a whole character for that guy and then the next minute you're looking at this lady crossing the street with a shopping cart and she's got a story behind it and everything just went straight to the funny bone it was so funny so silly but unrepeatable i wish i could tell you exactly what he said i don't know what he said it just i could not breathe it was consistently funny for 11 minutes um where you're like please stop i can't catch my breath <laughs> Wow. Just now, nonstop silliness, really. Now, did your dad – there's a guy um, – well, there's another actor that really uh, was good friends with Jonathan, uh, Robin Williams. Did you oh, uh, yes. ever ever get to meet Robin? I sure did. Robin Williams was lovely and very kind. Um, I met he and Billy Crystal together at, a, at an event, um, and that was really, really fun for me. Robin uh, – just maybe uh, I, I think this might be arguable um, a genius uh, uh, well that part's not arguable but I mean maybe more talented than, than Jonathan himself I'm not sure though you, you know I think that Robin would be the first to say I owe everything to Jonathan Winters in a lot of ways because that was his mentor yes yeah. Jonathan inspired Robin he gave him kind of the license which he did a lot of people you know Jonathan gave people license to be that creative uh that inventive that loose with his spontaneous humor um you know you can find things on the internet of jonathan uh i think there's an old show where he, he does this baseball hero and, he, and then he goes just goes into a bunch of characters and it's um beautiful to watch it's, his skill set was remarkable and he, he remained like that his whole life he was always able to invent characters that were rich detailed and always had a funny twinkle about them I, so I got to interview um, Anson Williams from from Happy Days. Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, he said that once Robin came in, uh, just said that he was one of the funniest human beings when he uh, did that. Uh, he was on on the couch, didn't really sit. He uh, basically what, what that's what made his career, and um, just said also the same thing that Robin was just a very very lovely man and uh, someone that. Um, that he's glad that, that that he got to get to know. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, so special. Both he and Jonathan, just such special people. So unique in Hollywood. And Jonathan did a lot of the uh, roast as well. Uh, the yes. Martin roast. Yep. Mm -hmm. And just li like you say, the funniest human being uh, I think that 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 you will ever see. Yeah. You know, I, Dad was being inducted into one of the broadcast Hall of Fames, and Jonathan came to speak on his behalf. And it was also Ted Turner was there at the time, and Larry King was also being inducted. So it was really a kind of a heavy, heavy hitter moment. And there was, it was at a place in Hollywood that was having a, a party next door that was playing like almost kind of tribal, tribal music. It was really rhythmical, and Jonathan was up there just talking, and, and he just broke into this kind of tribal Hulu dance. <laughs> which was priceless at this kind of stiff uh, black tie event. <laughs> and it was, uh, it just, it, it just hit a person off guard and was very, very funny. And, and everybody was, was crying. Oh, and I also do want to mention that your dad is also a, a um, author as well. He, he wrote books. 
He sure did. Yeah. One of his last books was, uh, you know, how to make a million dollars with your voice, which is a, a great book of kind of how to get into the industry, um, how to become, uh, you know, commercials, cartoons, voiceover promos, um, and a little bit of his history in, in Hollywood. So it, that was one. And he also had another one about uh, 101 things to do while on the telephone uh, and, and several others. And, and several. Absolutely. So um, what did your, your dad like to do uh, in his free time? Um, let's see. We, you know, I grew up watching movies. When, whenever we had free time, Dad would always take my brother and I and my mom to the movies, and so that was great. The latest James Bond movie. Uh, we always liked action together. Uh, but I think that I, I can very much point to my childhood and going to movies as often as I did as one of the reasons why, to this day, I see, you know, a hundred movies in the theater, uh, you know, every every year because I love the experience so much. So that would be something that he did in his free time with us. And, you know, we would, we would play ball uh, like a lot of fathers and sons. We'd go yeah, get the mitts yeah. and just pitch the, pitch the hard ball in the backyard. And he loves to do basketball. He actually played basketball twice a week for decades. He, he was very, uh, that was part of his fitness regime. Wow. What a man. Do you think that we will ever see another Gary Owens? I don't know. The, it's changing so fast, the era, isn't it? Um, so it's it's hard to say. He certainly was a person of his time, uh, no question about it. But who knows? With the cycle of the way things head, it's so fascinating to watch how much information there is now with the Netflix and the Hulus and the streaming and the YouTube and all the networks, cable and broadcast. So, you know, back then when you had a hit show and there were only three networks, everybody knew who you were. Oh, yeah. Literally. You know, at the height of it, it was you become a national hero in a way, or at least a national figure. Now, there's a lot of shows that a lot of us never even see or heard about. You know, they have small but loyal audiences, but it's not like the big three, as they used to call it. Um, so I don't think that era will ever come back. No, I don't think so. And I've asked other um, celebrities that I've been fortunate enough to, to interview, and they, they all say the same thing. I mean, I think, yeah. that, I think that we would have to get rid of the, the Internet to, to go, go back to that. Yeah, but the other side of it, of course, is it's a wonderful time to be a creative person, to be an uh, aspiring actor or director or writer, because oh, there's yeah. so much more material, uh, so much more. And the diversity of storytelling is wonderful. So it's it's actually a great time, and it's never been better. More more outlets, definitely for sure. Truly, yeah. So uh, I know that you wanted to say hi to the to the Empire Queen stuff uh, when I we were sure talking. do. I I thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. I have such a wonderful team. You know, we started this about a year and three months ago. We started shooting in Portland. Um, you know, I have wonderful executive producers. Kiki Coral is just fantastic, supportive brilliant and so um, so on it in terms of the, the seeing this to the finish line. Jerry Biederman, of course, is my TV partner, and he's also executive producer on this film. Uh, you know, I would be lost without my producing partner and co-star, Jason Scholes. He's fantastic. He's in front of the camera. He's behind the camera. He's, uh, he's my go-to always when we've got new scenes. We hammer out the dialogue together. Just a brilliant, brilliant guy, and I'm so thankful for him in my life. Um, Jennifer Barlow is editing the project, and she and I are, in fact, I just stepped out of the edit bay with her to do this interview. I'm about to go back to that. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, my star, CL Post, is the same 
red-haired actress that I used in the first two music videos, well, we don't speak in those music videos. So I didn't really know how this would all translate. We all have English accents and I wasn't sure how terrific she would be, but I'm consistently floored. She's really the strongest actor in the bunch. She's so good, so solid, so talented. I really believe in CL and I'm hoping that great things happen from the film for her because uh, I think they will. And, um, you know, I just have a wonderful a bunch of guys that uh, are both in it and behind the scenes, Yano Janosik and Matt Burlow, just treasures to be working with. So I, I'm very grateful and I hope that people like what we're putting together. I think that there'll be an audience for it. Uh, we're just going to keep working hard till we get it all uh, you know, polished and then, um, then look out. We'll see what happens. And you said uh, the, the release date should be later on this year? That's our hope. You know, we're making it in a vacuum, so to speak. In other words, no pressure from a studio, uh, just making the film we want to make and uh, shooting at all sorts of locations. Um, and then, knock on wood, we'll finish it the way we want to do it and then uh, find the right home for it. Obviously, with having sold as many shows as Gary and I have, I'm very optimistic that we will uh, you know, find the right distribution outlet for it. Oh, yeah. Don't, wanna, don't know exactly which one that will be. Uh, but there's lots that uh, I think would be interested in what we've been doing. Good, good. Well, congratulations, really, on on all of your success. Um, it's quite quite the resume uh, in in Hollywood, definitely. Um, I yeah, actually thanks, Mike. I'm grateful to you for that. You know, it's uh, in a lot of ways you just kind of pursue. I, I'm very lucky in that I've had several dreams uh, from being a young boy, whether it's uh, do do an album and. And, and tour and have popular music videos uh, to wouldn't it be great to do my own movie and star in it um, and so and then sell television shows and have those on the air so I, I feel very very blessed uh, you know my bucket list is got lots of check marks next to it oh and I uh, did ha have to share that story that I was telling you about your dad on, on what he did for me um, to, sure, to, finish, to finish up, yes. Uh, yeah. So this was like two or three months before Gary had checked in. Well, actually, I, not even that long. Uh, I think more like a week or so. And uh, I, I had um, messaged your dad, and because uh, I was going out, going out to California, and I said, uh, "Hey, Gary, I, I'm coming out. I, I would love love to shake your hand, talk to you about your career." And uh, he responded back saying. Um, Michael, I, I would absolutely love to, but I'm confined to a wheelchair, and uh, so my health, uh, I, I don't really leave my house that much. So um, he said, here's what I will do for you. I, I will make you uh, video clips, or audio clips, rather, um, of me uh, announcing your name in it, and uh, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, well, that's, one thing that's wonderful, Michael. And, and uh, one thing that he told his um, assistant, Tara Strong, uh, he said, you have to get these out right away to, to Michael. So I really do admire your dad and uh, just thankful for, for what he did right, right before he passed away um, for me. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that, Michael. My pop was such a good guy, and it meant a lot to him to support young people interested in doing what he was doing and getting into the industry. And, you know, you'll always have those, those audio clips. You should Absolutely. use those at the head of your, sh of your show. That Maybe that make that your introduction. Uh, I have my dad, uh, I one of the songs on my album called Superhuman, I use my father on that. He's, uh, he does the big, the big voiced uh, superhuman character on it. And that's really fun for me to listen to. It's a techno rock track, but there's, there's me and dad together. I'm singing and he's uh, doing his B.O. thing. 
So um, that's a nice thing to say, Michael. You know, Dad worked, literally worked, two months before he passed. He was doing network promos um, up, to, up to the last minute, and that definitely was the way he wanted to go out. He was very lucky in that he got to, from about the age of 16 until 80, do exactly what he wanted to do in Hollywood, and that was uh, in front of the mic and in front of the camera. So I, we all in our family feel lucky that that was the way Pop went out and that it was a life well lived. And, you know, he and my mom remained married for the whole time. They were a bunch of kids from South Dakota. And uh, and it's uh, both my brother and I feel, feel grateful for the family and the life we've been able to live because of our father and mother. I hope that uh, one day you guys uh, will write a book or, or make a movie about, about your dad. It would be a cool movie, I'll be honest with you. From the laughing days to the gong show days and Monty Python stuff that he did, uh, there would be a lot that I think people would resonate with. Absolutely, and uh, as as an admirer of your dad, such as me, I know I would definitely watch that. That's very cool. Thanks, Mike. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time and uh, talking about uh, your your dad with us. Um, really, really great guy, and uh, he seemed to have raised a, a great son. Nice of you to say, Mike, and I appreciate you having me on the show. And uh, maybe when the film is out, we'll come back and uh, we'll do a follow-up interview. Absolutely. If you're interested in it, you know, we'll see what happens. But Absolutely. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to you for your support. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, please, please do come back sometime. Sounds good. All right. Take care, thank Mike. you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.